everyone. I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Hi everyone, Larissa Russell from Creative You, and welcome back to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Today I have with me Heather Plett. Heather is the author of the upcoming book, The Art of Holding Space, A Practice of Love, Liberation, and Leadership. She is also the co-founder of the Center for Holding Space, where she trains people from all over the world how to be in deeper and more intentional relationships with others and themselves. So welcome, Heather. Thank you. Your book is coming out right away, isn't it? It is, September 29th. So depending yes. on when this airs, it may be uh, right around the same time. Yes, actually, I think we'll be airing just after that. So it'll be out. So that's exciting. That's exciting. So um, yeah, I know I have a book on order and I'm like, I didn't get it. So <laughs> sitting in a distribution center somewhere ready to just get it. Waiting, just waiting. Yeah. So Heather, can you share some of your story and your path that's brought you here? Sure. So I, um, I've always been a writer and a communicator. I spent many years in government communications and then in nonprofit communications and always <clears throat> one of my purposes in life kind of was to find the right language and words to, uh, to communicate things, often complex things. And so that's why um, finally having a book coming out is, is a very natural part of my path. But Really, uh, a lot of my work has been shaped by grief, I would say. I've had uh, several really significant life experiences that changed the course of my life and changed um, how I was in relationship with people, changed my spirituality. And really kind of a pivotal point was about, um, it's very close to 20 years ago, I think. My, uh, I had a stillborn son. And having my son Matthew um, be born dead was was really remarkable in how it changed me and and set me on this path to find something deeper in life and find deeper meaning and deeper um, way of of being with grief and being with um, you know, the complexity of life and so that's really uh, I say you know. They, the old saying of everything I ever needed to know I learned in kindergarten. Well, I often say everything I needed to know I learned um, in a hospital. I spent three weeks in the hospital trying to prolong that pregnancy. And, and that was kind of where it all began. When I tra trace back the work I do now, it was, it was very much the, the, the turning point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be, I think, uh, for a lot of people, but you've, turned it into good it seems like right you've you've grown from that so then what what does healing with creativity mean to you well this has really always been part of my life's work it's been part of the way I process the world like I um 
I've always been a person who, for one thing, I journal all the time. And so, so creative journaling, intuitive journaling, it's always been something that helps me reframe the world. So if I'm going through real complexity, if I sit down with my pen and paper, or if I pick up my art brush, my brushes, you know, art a canvas or something and create things, there's always, it's like it rejigs the wiring in my brain or something and helps me see different perspective and heal uh, some of the pain and woundedness. So it's, yeah, it's part of how I view the world. Even when I was, uh, you know, when COVID first hit, I was in such a state as all of us were just in a state of confusion and chaos and uncertainty. And, and the thing that I turned to was how do I, uh, what's my creative way of processing this? What's the way that I can um, make sense of it and, and ground myself and feel um, a little more sturdy in my life. And so I, Again, I found I got a great big canvas and started playing with paint. That was kind of my I call it my messy COVID art process because it helped me helped me kind of make sense of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean I find that so helpful. You know when we can express ourselves through some form of creativity. And I know you build things too, don't you? You like to get the power tools out and build things. <laughs> Yes. In fact, just this morning, it's funny, I, I had to put on a nicer shirt because I was out in my backyard building. I'm building some desks for my daughters who now have to go to university from home and, and study from home and need better desks. So I, that was, that's how I'm, I'm spending most of today was out in my backyard building things. I, I love, there's something about wood and, and power tools and just handling wood that just kind of grounds me and helps me. I, I feel more content and centered when I'm out there playing with with my my power tools and my wood. I've liked watching your projects and things that you <laughs> so that's great that's great. Yeah so... I actually had had the video camera turned on myself this morning there may be a little video coming out of me building because one of my friends said I just want to come in your backyard and watch you and so I thought well I'll create a little video for <laughs> for those that have some you know strange interest in watching me build build things yeah for those who can't you know it's kind of it's kind of nice to watch something being created right so yeah (laughs) so we did talk a little bit about what your what got you started on this path would you say that's your driving force that inspires you or is there something else I you know that I always find that a hard question to ask is what's the driving force and I I think it's just really trying to make sense of the world and trying to, you know, I've had some quite a few really significant um, disruptions in my life and, and uh, grief and loss and, and, you know, of family members of et cetera, uh, of a marriage, all those things that uh, become disruptions. And so there's always been a quest for me to make sense of it and to, find a way to integrate it and to become resilient in it and survive and thrive despite whatever's coming my way. So I think in a sense, my driving force is just to thrive and to be whole and feel healthy and happy. And, and so the work that it sounds selfish, but everything I do is evolved around what's my, <clears throat> what's my own way of finding healing and and feeling more whole in the world and how can I help other people find that as well? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, for myself as someone who has gone through these things, to be able then to help other people work their way through is just so rewarding. So it is, you know, like you said, slightly selfish to do the work that we do, but, um, but giving back at the same time, but we get so much, I get so much reward from those aha moments or seeing people change paths and things like that. It's just amazing when they, when they start to step into themselves and, and allow. Yeah. I, I've often said that my favorite moment is watching somebody, you know, when I'm facilitating a retreat and watching someone have that moment of transformation when suddenly, you know, something cracks open for them. And it often it's been preceded by some pain and, and maybe frustration and anger. And I have a few clients that love to, you know, say that they give me the finger, that's their salute for me. It's kind of this loving, like, you know, you're shaking up my world. And yet they always have, have gratitude afterwards that they, they've gone through that disruption to have this transformation experience. And mm -hmm. I, um, I, I just love to witness that. I feel so honored to, to be able to witness that in people. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. And it's, it's funny what you say about the disruption, because yes, it sometimes, or more often than not, can get worse before it gets better, right? And so being really cognizant of that, for sure, for sure. So what would you say is your favorite creative healing modality? Oh, I don't know. It's hard for me to pinpoint a favorite. I, my, my go-to is my journal for sure. Uh, that's probably my, my longest standing one. Um, I love to get messy. I, I, I love when I, like I mentioned my messy COVID art process, it's getting my hands in paint. Like I've, I have not used, I have this huge canvas in my basement and every time I'm feeling some anxiety over this COVID thing, I just go there and splash paint and I never use a paintbrush and, and there's no shape or form or reason. It's just getting really messy and getting my hands in it. And you know, same thing with, with the wood. I think it's getting my hands and my body involved in the process is what I, I need for myself to, to really move forward and transform it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It's so true. So then what would you say is your greatest accomplishment to date? Oh, well, I think it's probably publishing my book, which is coming out very soon. And we've just been in this really amazing process of building the Center for Holding Space. And so, I mean, it, in, in a sense, it's each step of the way. It's it's deciding to launch my own business. It's it's developing this work, developing the whole program around holding space, and then the book and, and the um and the center that itself that we're building. I've just gone into partnership with somebody in developing this, my, uh, my dear friend, Krista. So it's been, um, it's been a year of accomplishments. It's also been a year of a great deal of labor and, uh, you know, the labor and delivery process has been intense, but it also feels like quite a celebration as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite exciting just to watch. I've watched your journey through all of this, right? Because you share and I love that you share um, sort of the journey that you've been on through that. So yeah, that's so great. So if you could change one aspect of our society through your work, what would that be? Oh, that's such a big question. It's a good one. But it's, um, I think I really want to change the way that people are in relationship with each other. And I want to, um, 
I, I, you read the title of my book as holding art of holding space, the uh, practice of love, liberation and leadership. And I really see that if we can hold space for each other, well, and if we try, if we resist the temptation to fix and to control and to judge, then we all become more liberated. And that's why the word liberation is in the subtitle, because I think if we can be in, treat each other as sovereign individuals and be liberated from some of this baggage that we have adopted and been, and been imposed on us by our culture and things like that, that we can, um, we can experience greater love and greater um, compassion and, and presence with each other. So I think that's really the, the place, the juicy place for me is how to, how to liberate people and how to help them experience unconditional love in their relationships. Yeah. I think that's so important because, you know, in, in our culture, especially, and I know first world, first world problems, but um, just that disconnect that we have with people and even our own selves, right. And not having, not being in touch with that. And so being able to start to um, integrate our own selves and then into our relationships around us and things like that is so important. Yeah, yeah it is. And I've been, I've been on this real journey in the last five years. I have three um, young adult daughters and we've been really, Sorry about that. I didn't have a scratchy throat before and something uh, came on. Mm -hmm. um, well, let me start that over. I've, I've been on this journey with my three daughters in the last five or so years. And we've been really trying to experiment with how do we be in communication with each other in a more healthy, a more evolved way? How do we witness each other? How do we pause long enough to hear and to witness and see each other? so that we're not jumping in with our own solutions, we're not trying to impose things on each other, but we're really present for what the other person is going through. And it's really quite transformative. And, and I, I really am honored to be able to do this and be on the journey with my daughters as they grow and evolve and, and develop a different kind of mother-daughter relationship than I experienced or that most people do. Yeah. You know, my kids are grown and gone. I'm a grandmother now. And so, um, and my one daughter, we can do that now. I wish that I had had that capacity when they were younger and still at home. Um, I think it would have changed a lot for them um, and our relationships as well. But my one daughter and I, we, we work on a lot of things like that to just really be in awareness, right? And And discuss a lot of things and not not even a mother-daughter relationship, but as two humans coming together and, um, you know, trying to make ourselves better and the world better and, and all of that. So yeah, just amazing that you can do that while your, your kids are still at home, right? Yes. And especially I as young women. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. And it, it's, it, but you have to do the work on yourself. Like you have to, to be present for somebody else's pain. You have to all, you have to, have competence in being present for your own pain. And that's what I really teach in my work is if you're going to hold space for other people, you've got to really learn to hold space for yourself first, because anything that other person goes through is going to trigger your own stuff if it's not healed. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, do your own work first. Yeah. Yeah. And that is so true. That is so true. And as women, we are, 
often um, held accountable to, to hold up the world. And if we cannot do that um, for our own self, how do we do that for others, right? And so really that self-care piece and looking at our own things so that we can um, be there and be stronger for other people by being there and being stronger for our own selves, right? And, and that takes that digging in deep and, and doing the work. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, it, and it, takes, it, it takes humility. It takes setting good boundaries. It takes, you know, loving yourself, learning to really give yourself compassion and forgiveness. And, and it takes a lot of courage because there's a, a lot of this work is countercultural where, you know, we're not fitting in with the, the expectations that have been placed on us by our culture, by our families. And, um, it takes, yeah, it, sometimes it means that you have to turn away from the, the family patterns that you were raised with and be different with your own kids than, than you were allowed to be with your parents. And, and that's, that takes effort. And, and sometimes it, it means that we are rejected from our family systems and, and we have to take some of those risks and sacrifices along with the, with the growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's one of the things that I, I talk to the women that I work with about is, you know, people are going to fall out of your life, right? Cause that's a scary thing for a lot of people and things are going to change. So just be prepared for that and trying to, you know, you can't, you can't be as prepared as you want to be, right? Oh, that's fine. No, it, it's going to hit you. But just knowing helps and that things will change. People will fall out of your life. New people and new things are going to come in and it's always better. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's also very hard to go through. So it is. Yeah, it yeah. can be quite, quite painful because there are those people in our life that want us to stay the way we always were they you know they they're scared their own fear is going to be projected onto us and so they're going to resist the way that we evolve and and grow and and so sometimes we end up having to make a choice of of how can i stay in relationship with that person and what will that relationship look like what, what are the boundaries that i need to have in order to stay in relationship with someone who doesn't want me to grow it's, that can be quite challenging yeah, yeah, absolutely. So then what inspirational advice then would you give to someone who's struggling? There's uh, so many things. Uh, I think one of the things that I, I say most is, is find community. Like I, I know that's risky and hard, especially if you're struggling, but we need people. We need to be in relationship. We need to find our support people. Um, we need to become vulnerable in order to do that. You need to learn to trust people. But we're not meant to be solitary creatures struggling alone. We're meant to be in community and hold each other up. And so whatever that looks like for people, if you can find at least another person and it might start by looking for a therapist or coach or some support person, um, or it might start, might look like joining a women's circle or, or a men's circle or whatever um, kind of space that you have that there's healing. Um, look for other people, do it together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so important. Uh, I was just having this conversation this morning about the strength in asking for help, right? And because um, we think we're tougher if we can just do it ourselves. We, we, we've got this, we can take care of it. And if you can learn to reach out to others and ask for help or get that support that you need, it, it's, yeah. yeah, it's a real strength because yes. it's hard to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
So would you say you have an inspirational quote that sums up your life journey? Well, one of the ones that I use a lot in when I'm teaching or hosting, um, facilitating, it's, um, I believe it's Oliver Wendell Holmes who said, I'm, I, uh, no, I'm saying the wrong one. It was George Bernard Shaw. Uh, said, I am not your teacher. I am a fellow traveler of whom you asked the way. I pointed the way ahead of myself as well as you. So it's just the sense that we're all in this work together. And, you know, you might be looking for a guru or someone to fix your problems, but really look for companions. Look for people that are also on their own growth journey who are growing with you and can guide you and, and, um, and so that's the way I approach my work really is not to be uh, ahead of people or not to be a teacher, to be with in the mm -hmm. healing work. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that because I've, I've been told, you know, as a coach and you, you have coaches yourself and all of that, and they're like, don't let them know that your, your weaknesses don't let, and I'm like, oh, but I've been through this and I'm still working on stuff and I want to work with my people and actually be real. I don't want to be like, I know it all and you need to come to me. That's, that's not how life works, right? I know. <laughs> We're I, together. That's not it. I can never function in that aspirational space of, of mm -hmm. painting a beautiful picture of your life and, and letting people know they can have what you have. No, I want to be real. And, and that's what it's about. And that's, those are the spaces I work in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here today. And is there anything that we maybe haven't discussed that you'd like to add? No, I think this, this was great. Excellent, excellent. If people want to I, learn more, like I say, go buy my book and uh, <laughs> check out the, the our new website, centerforholdingspace.com has lots of really good, uh, good stuff on it. We just finished building it, so I welcome people there. Yes, yeah. And I noticed you said um, there's a free gift on there. Is that that course that you and your daughter put together? Yes. That's yeah. Right. I haven't had a chance to finish it yet. I just yeah. clicked on it. And I was like, oh, I want to do this and spend some time with it. So yeah, that was really quite delightful. My daughter, Julie, and I created a, a four lessons where we're talking about how to have meaningful conversations, especially in times of conflict with your family. And it's, it, was, it was quite special to do that with her. Yeah, yeah, that would be. Well, we'll make sure that we have the links up there for you. And again, I want to thank you so much for being here. And to our listeners, uh, we will see you again next week. And in the meantime, I wish for you amazingly creative days. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. Have you seen the books that I've put out? If you don't know me, I'm Larissa Russell, the owner of Creative You. I currently have a few books available on Amazon, titles such as Gratitude, How to Live with Joy and Gratefulness, happier you in five minutes a day plus the international bestseller the power of wine and coming later this year is total disaster to total master seven steps to your authentic self click the link below to purchase your copies now